All right, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night on Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Rick Delgado riding shotgun with me tonight. Just me and Rick Geo, Fran, <laughs> holding it down. Big night, though. President's on his way right now in the air, in the Air Force One on his way to Wisconsin. And we're going to cover some of the president's speech. And we're going to go out to, uh, in a second here, we're going to go out to Amanda Head, who's live in Wisconsin for Real America's Voice. And we'll talk to her. But um, we're going to cover some of the president's speech because he gave a speech today, which I hope he echoes a lot of what he talked about in there. Today's speech might be one of the boldest speeches he's given. And I don't know how much attention it got. But what a fantastic speech the president gave today. Um, By the way, happy Constitution Day. And the president's speech was about American history. and, And I mean, it was just fabulous. Um, so we'll talk about that. But right now, let's go live if we can out to Wisconsin. And uh, Real America's Voices own Amanda Head is there. Hi, Amanda. Hello, Damon. Yes, it is a beautiful night. It's been a beautiful day. Uh, Perfectly clear blue skies. Oh, they've just started back up the music. You guys know if you've seen any of the rally coverage that these things tend to be very festive dance music. Uh, They were playing NSYNC earlier, so I was really getting my groove onto NSYNC. Uh, But Sean Duffy just left the stage. (laughs) Sean, Sean, uh, bye, bye, bye. Uh, Sean Duffy just left the stage. If you remember, he's the congressman from this district who served until September of last year when he retired. And then the current representative, Tom Tiffany, uh, took over for him. He beat a Democrat in a special election in May, uh, a Democrat named Trisha Zunker. He took that seat, so it is still held by a Republican. This is a strongly held Republican district. It's a great place for President Trump to drum up support. But one of the things that Tom Tiffany was talking about um, on State Street in Madison, Wisconsin, that's where University of Wisconsin-Madison is. It's a great, you know, that that collegiate atmosphere there in Madison. And on State Street, there are a lot of little stores, mom-and-pop stores, boutiques, things like that. And 110 businesses used to call State Street their home, and now 42 of them will never be able to reopen because of the riots in Madison. Also, obviously, Kenosha, Wisconsin, that's 210 miles away, so not very far. Here's something interesting I wanted to bring up, and I talked about this earlier. One in five Wisconsins who believe that... um, that a bigger problem in the criminal justice system is the riots as opposed to racism. One in five of those folks who thinks that the riots are bigger than are a bigger issue than racism are still voting for Joe Biden. So I am still trying to figure that out here, who these people are, because President Trump has denounced these riots since day one. Joe Biden has refused to do so. Um, here's something also, though, and <laughs> this got me shaking in my boots. Um, in Wisconsin, election clerks can't start counting absentee ballots until the day of the election. Now, polls open on that day at 7 a.m. So that means if we want to have an answer from Wisconsin, if it from the folks here, if we want to know who Wisconsin chose, the polls close at 8 p.m. That means they have 13 hours to count what could potentially be millions of ballots because polls have shown in the last two months that nearly 70 percent of Wisconsin's are committed to or are considering absentee voting instead of voting on the day. So we may not know what the results are in Wisconsin until the wee hours of the morning of November 4th. 
And who knows? It may it may take even longer, and that's concerning because I think this. You know, we talk about the swing states: Ohio, uh, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, all of the regular swing states. But I think that Wisconsin is going to be one that we have got to focus on and watch to see what's going to happen. But again, we may not know for a couple of days, and that's going to suck. Yeah, well, uh, can I say that on be, the news? Suck. Well, you just did, so it's <laughs> fine. Absolutely. Uh, the thing is. Wisconsin, and it could you could actually also throw in there probably Pennsylvania, uh, maybe even Michigan, because most of those states, are, which are going to be the most important states, uh, which were the most important states in 2016, are probably the least likely to give us a, a um, you know, give us a winner on election night because of so many people that are going to vote like what you just said, probably vote yes. by mail. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought up Pennsylvania and Michigan because those are the other two in my group of three that I think are going to count the most. Ohio, I, I hate to say this, I feel like I should knock on wood, I don't want to jinx it, but I think Ohio's good uh, for President Trump at this point. Michigan is going to be interesting. I will, I will be very interested to see in the next 30 days if I'm still saying what I'm saying now because I think Michigan with Gretchen Whitmer and the way that folks in you know, Michiganders like our dear Tudor Dixon, I'll be interested to see if people still feel that that same way because Gretchen Whitmer is not popular at all in Michigan and who knows maybe maybe three months or 30 days from now I will be saying oh we can forget about Michigan Trump's got it yeah well we call her Ava Perone here on this show because she thinks she's ruling over her own uh, little Argentina (laughs) so but let me ask you about somebody else that's there in Wisconsin and that's obviously the governor I've seen some reporting that the governor in Wisconsin uh, Tony Evers Some people think that he may be a liability for Joe Biden, obviously given his response in Kenosha. What have you heard from people on the ground or what have you heard about Tony Evers? And is he a liability for Joe Biden, you know, here under 48 days to go? I feel like at this point, practically everything is a liability for Joe Biden, even Joe Biden himself. Um, what I'm hearing on the ground here, obviously, this is a President Trump rally, so you don't have a ton of people here, maybe not even one, who are supporters of Tony Evers. I did see a lot of signs that said, worst governor Evers. Yeah. So that might give you an indication of how folks here feel about him. Yeah, but I see. I keep seeing polls, Amanda, that tell me that on, the, on, law, on law and order, Joe Biden is leading the president. What what planet yes. am I not yeah. on that this is happening? Yeah, so I wanted to look up this poll for you really quick. Um, obviously, these polls have been going back and forth from Trump to Biden, from Trump to Biden. Um, but there's one particular poll in uh, that I wanted to talk about. Um, where you've seen you've got these numbers that are shifting back and forth but president trump has been behind joe biden on the issue of law and order here in this state at first it was only seven points and now uh, it's squeezed to even less it's like four points now so those numbers are tightening as far as you know the margin with joe biden being ahead of president trump but like but like you i don't really even understand that when it comes to law and order i think that what's interesting is that Um, And I was talking to someone about this last night. We were theorizing about politics. And, you know, typically, you know uh, the primary cycle and you know the cycle of politics in general with general elections. 
typically a Democrat or a Republican candidate, they really cater to the fringe elements of their party. Uh, when when you've got Democrats running in a primary, they are very, very far left. Same with Republicans. They're, they're much further to the right. And then by the time you choose the nominee, then they kind of moderate and they move back to the center. Isn't it interesting that this time around, the opposite has happened? Because if you think about Joe Biden during the debates, he really was the moderate. Um, I don't know if we can really trust that, but he 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 built himself as the moderate, and now he has created these task force with people like AOC heading them up. So it's interesting that Joe Biden has gone the other way, but. With respect to what you were talking about with the law and order polls, the polls are getting tighter. And I think it's because people are just finally starting to wake up. Um, up until Labor Day, you can kind of consider polls to be a wash at that point. Now, I'm not saying that we should trust polls in general because we saw what happened in 2016. But Labor Day is usually the marker of when people start to pay attention to the political process. They start to investigate their candidate. They start to kind of shop around and see exactly what they like from each candidate. Um, so Labor Day since it has come and passed, now you've got people who are actually starting to pay attention. So that could be uh, what's to blame or what's to claim for that poll tightening. Yeah. So you've, you've been watching these rallies like the rest of us have. And um, obviously the president's doing it in a different way now in this new world that we're all living in. And Joe Biden still, for the most part, staying in the padded basement, uh, although he's starting to get out a little more. But the president has shown here that obviously you can do this. Put these people in a hangar. Fly in, get out, talk, get out. But is there a difference in the feel of them when you're there on the ground from what you remember, let's say, back in 2016? I think... Um quantity versus quality quality is the same you are still getting that wonderful patriotic camaraderie among the people here obviously the quantity has changed because the trump campaign even though they want to have president trump in these environments they want him to be in front of the people that's where he really shines um, they are trying to be precautious about things and and you know everybody who came in they had these personal size bottles of hand sanitizer everyone was required to wear a mask as they came in uh, People are not socially distanced at all, but it is open air. And, you know, depending on which news art, news publication you trust the most, people will say that if you're in the open air, you're perfectly fine. So there has been this major shift between President Trump's former rally style, which was tens of thousands of people inside of an enclosed arena, as opposed to what's happening now, which is airplane hangers. But I love airplane hangers. So this is a great atmosphere. It's, it's a perfect way to set up the press with in the hangar. You have the uh, the supporters out in the open air, the president behind it. As you guys saw our coverage of the last rally, President Trump on Air Force One pulls up right in front of all of the supporters. It's right in front of the media, so we get a perfect shot of it. So I would say uh, quality-wise, nothing has changed. President Trump is on fire, as he always is. This is his element. He loves getting in front of his supporters, and he loves going off script and just being his candid self. Uh, Quantity-wise, definitely less, but I don't think it's going to affect him going forward. All right. Well, Amanda, I'm sure you're going to be part of the coverage tonight on America's Voice, which I believe is going to start um, probably at what top of the hour, nine o'clock, maybe even a little before uh, on Real America's Voice. Amanda, yeah, will President be part. Trump should be here soon. So, OK, there you go. So Amanda will be part of the coverage. And I believe uh, yeah. Jessica Rivera will be in West Palm uh, hosting it as well. So make sure you're tuning in. All right, Amanda, have a great night. We hope the president is on fire tonight. I'm sure he will be. Have a great night. And thanks for joining us. Same to you, Damon.
All right, there she is, Amanda Head for uh, Real America's Voice. She'll be out there covering the president. He's on his way to Wisconsin right now. And we will take, uh, we have a camera there, so we'll, we'll keep an eye out for Air Force One. We'll see if we can bring you Air Force One landing there. Um, now, is and- there anybody else scheduled to speak, like, Bring him up that we're gonna that we know about. Or? Well, no, they had uh, like she said, they had a couple people speak already before right. we came on air. They had the national anthem song. Went to, girl did a nice job. They did the pledge of allegiance. Um, <clears throat> so all all the liberals watching probably turned it off already. They actually <laughs> sang the Star Spangled Banner and stood for it. Um, but no, no one else. He's I think he set the talk at nine o'clock. Okay. So we'll take uh, we'll try to catch as much as we can. Like I said, we have uh, Harry and the crew are there, so we have a camera. We'll keep an eye out for uh, Air Force One, and uh, we we'll do some other news here. And then at nine o'clock, we'll take the president's speech. And I encourage all of you to go look at his speech today, um, because it was absolutely fantastic. And he signed an executive order, um, which we'll talk about here. But I'll tell you, it it was bold, and just. Uh, I applaud the president for what he did today in the speech he gave. It was a fantastic speech. Did you get a chance to see it? No, I didn't. So I'm, I'm interested to see what, what, uh, what he had to say. And, and we're going to cover that next in the next. Uh... Yeah. Well, well okay. we're going to cover. Yeah. We'll do some news. Uh, Rick's going to do news. Paul's off tonight. Rick's off tonight. So we're going to cover the president in the nine o'clock hour, but Rick will do some news. And then we're going to talk about one of the weirdest exchanges I've ever seen. We referenced this last night, but we didn't really get into it on TV that I've ever seen with Newt Gingrich. And we'll talk about uh, George Soros and how this whole thing came about. And then, and I like Harris Faulkner, man. I think she's great. But what, what, she, her, what happened today is just almost leaves you with more questions. Her apology today. So, yeah. all right, live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in here on a Thursday night. It's going to be a busy one with the president. Joe Biden ever used a teleprompter during local interviews or to answer Q&A with support? What will your administration do to help them give them that chance? Move it up here. You know, there used to be a basic part. Joe Biden possibly you know, reading his responses from a teleprompter. Social distancing and wearing masks, which I never do when I walk outside of this house. I never fail to do it. Now, one day, on day one... Has Joe Biden ever used a teleprompter during local interviews or to answer Q&A? It's trying to distract the American people. Can you say yes or no, Brett? Yes or no? You can't answer the question. You know, the rapidly rising... uh, Studio 6P on Real America's Voice. 18 past the hour. President is going to be in Wisconsin tonight. We have cameras there. We just spoke to Amanda. We'll keep a lookout for um, what's going on there. 
And um, Rick's going to do some news here while we uh, wait for the president's arrival. What's going on, pal? Yeah, well, there's a lot of things going on. Of course, uh, you know, with the president doing his speech in just a little while in Wisconsin, there's never a shortage of uh, President Trump news. Today, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy said that the president definitely deserves to win the Nobel Peace Prize for his efforts to bring peace to the Middle East, something that the former Secretary of State, John Kerry, uh, I think you remarked yesterday that probably the worst Secretary of State we've ever had. Um, He he was noted for back in, I believe it was 2016. I think we have this clip of him talking about it, talking about how peace will come about in the Middle East. Uh, What number is John Kerry, G? So the question for all of us is not not the road we've traveled for the last hundred years. The question is, what are the next hundred years going to look like? Where are we going? And let me tell you, uh, let me tell you a few things that I've learned for sure in the last few years. There will be no separate peace between Israel and the Arab world. I want to make that very clear to all of you. I've heard several prominent politicians in Israel sometimes saying well the Arab world's in a different place now we just have to reach out to them and we can work some things with the Arab world and we'll deal with the Palestinians no 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 and no I can tell you that reaffirmed even in the last week as I have talked to leaders of the Arab community there will be no advance and separate peace with the Arab world without the Palestinian process and Palestinian peace. Everybody needs to understand that. That is a hard reality. That's the hard reality of uh, someone who, I don't know if you would see it this way, Dame, but that sounds like somebody who's not rooting for peace in the Middle East. Yeah. uh, I just sound to me like someone who's just wrong on everything. He's just wrong on everything. Right. And that, I think, is the obvious part. But I think the underlying thing that I I saw when I was watching this again this afternoon was that he seems like he seems to know, like, look, I've been working on this and I know it's not going to happen because I've been putting pieces in place, which explains why he's always over in Iran talking to the Iranians. Why? Because they're funneling to the Palestinians. Why? Because this is their little game that they play. And the fact that he was there guaranteeing it, and like you said, wrong on every level. Amazing. But this is what, the, uh, this is what has sparked, of course, the two, two, count them, Nobel Peace Prizes that uh, President Trump has been nominated for. Uh, McCarthy also went on to criticize House Speaker Nancy Pelosi for calling for votes while the ceremony was taking place on Tuesday at the White House and noted that the California Democrat had referred to the event as a distraction. So there you have it. Uh, peace in the Middle East is now referred to as a distraction yeah. by the Democrats. And we played that clip of uh, Pelosi just searching for anything she can. Although yeah. she, I, I tweeted of her on the House floor today. All of a sudden, well, they must be looking at the polling or, or hell fro- froze over, one of the two, because <laughs> she's on the House floor today, as I tweeted, um, talking about how, well, we, don't, we support protesting, but we, we don't support rioting, looting, breaking of stuff. Right. Yeah, she didn't really sound too convincing of it, though. Well, she never sounds convincing because she can barely get the words out because her dentures are swimming around in her mouth, as they always are. So, all right, what else is going on in the news? Uh, Today, New York City public schools are not going to be open for in-person classes until, um, as as they had planned for this coming Monday, Mayor Bill de Blasio added again 
today remarked that the classrooms will only open on September 21st for pre-K and special ed students. The plan for all students to return the next week is what he's looking for. The new scheme has elementary school students returning the 29th, middle school and high school not until October 1st. This has put immense pressure on the unions and elected officials to delay the uh, the reopening of schools because that's the way de Blasio wanted it. Most of the students in New York City public schools will only attend classes on a split schedule, two or three day weeks. The other days will be complete assignments, watch online instructional videos, and basically uh, stay home while your parents have to go out and work. I saw... Um the National Pulse today, 3 to 4 o'clock on Real America's Voice. I watched it today, Raheem Kassam, and I came in in the middle of an interview, and when I turned it on, he said, um, the new book, Dumb and Dumber, and I immediately thought, someone wrote a book on Schumer and Pelosi, <laughs> but it actually was a book on um, de Blasio and Cuomo. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. It works. It does work. Yeah. Amazing stuff. So that's and that's I thought what, to myself, if you pick Cuomo and De Blasio and you take them out and you really you could you could put in Pelosi and Schumer, you could put in uh, you could put in any real, any two Democrats of the Democratic leadership, and that book title remains exactly the same. Yeah, you can throw in Gavin Newsom, you can throw in uh, Whitmer, you can throw in uh, for our Chicago viewers, you know, on Comcast, uh, your own mayor, Lori yeah. Lightfoot. All right, what else is going on? Well, this one was uh, this is a little uh, lighter take on some of the things going on out there as some anti-mask shoppers march through a Target, urging others to liberate, liberate their faces while playing uh, Twisted Sisters. We're not going to take it. A group of anti-mask demonstrators marched through. It's in Florida, um, through the Florida Target. Yeah, and- gee, I think we have some B-roll of this. The, uh, the Target um, B-roll I gave you for this story? This is unbelievable. There they Look at this. Yeah, <laughs> they actually did a like a, an announcement. They got everybody's attention, and they said, "All right, we're tired of shopping with masks on." Chris Nelson, who organized the event, shouted while holding up his phone. He started playing, "We're not going to take it." And then they proceeded to walk through the entire store, encouraging people to take off their masks because they're just tired of wearing masks. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I get the whole point of it, but. Uh... You know, I hate it too, but I try to be respectful of wearing the mask as much as I don't want to wear it. I try to be respectful of, uh, especially in a store like this, of parents who might be in there with uh, kids with special needs or, or just you never know who could be in there and be Im- immune or So, I mean, I, I, get, I, get the, uh, I get it. I get it, the feeling behind it and uh, being free and freedom and not being told you have to wear a mask. And trust me, I, I get it. But I don't know if I was in that store and I was with my kid and had, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, honestly. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, One of the protesters, Nathan Babcock, told Huffington Post that they decided to make a statement because they had no voice in what is being done to us. That's why we had to organize and protest this lockdown, explaining that it is your right to do what you want. Like, it's my right to do what I want. That's, that's basically the way he was feeling about it. And, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, see, I see the sign on the door. I'm going to bring the mask with me. I'm going to put it on because that's what the establishment asked for. So I, I understand what you're saying. I agree with it. Um, you know, like if I decide I don't want to shop there, then I'll just turn around and walk away. I'd like to know what the audience thinks on that one, honestly. Um, weigh in on that. If you were in there 
And let's say it's my my situation where you're in there and you've got a kid, let's, let's say a kid with special needs or a kid who's got, uh, well, I don't know, whatever the situation might be. How do you feel right. about these uh, group of 30, 40 people coming in screaming and yelling and who knows what else, purposely not wearing their mask to try to make a point? So I, we'll see what the audience thinks about that. So, uh, all right, live from Studio 6B, we'll check in on what's going on in Wisconsin. We'll get ready for the president at the top of the hour. Do some more news. Glad you're in on a Thursday night on a Real America's Voice. We're here this afternoon to change the course of history. After decades of division and conflict, we mark the dawn of a new Middle East. Together, these agreements will serve as the foundation for a comprehensive peace across the entire region, something which nobody thought was possible. For generations, the people of the Middle East have been held back by old conflicts, hostilities. These agreements prove that the nations of the region are breaking free from the failed approaches of the past. Today's signing sets history on a new course. Today, the world sees that they're choosing cooperation over conflict, friendship over enmity, prosperity over poverty, and hope over despair. They are choosing a future in which Arabs and Israelis, Muslims, Jews, and Christians can live together, pray together, and dream together, side by side in harmony, community, and peace. Once again, let me congratulate the people of Israel, the people of the United Arab Emirates, and the people of the Kingdom of Bahrain. God bless you all. This is an incredible day for the world. Live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night on Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, now on in Comcast in Chicago, Channel 113, night two in uh, Chicago. So we're excited about that. Rick Delgado's here with me. The president, I think, is scheduled to speak around 9. I uh, may even be a little earlier, but when it, whenever he hits the stage, we will bring it to you. But in the meantime, let's talk about something we referred, uh, we kind of referenced yesterday, but we never really got into it. And that is um, what happened on Fox yesterday on Outnumbered with Harris Faulkner. They had Newt Gingrich on. And they were talking about these blue state governors and they were talking about, you know, the, the riots and protesting in the street and, and some of them not getting control. And Bill Barr saying we got to be forceful here. And uh, this is the exchange at the end of the interview. Roll that, G. Speaker Gingrich, I know yeah. you have a final thought for us. Yeah, look, the number one problem in almost all these cities is George Soros elected left wing anti-police, pro-criminal district attorneys who refuse to pe keep people locked up. Uh, just yesterday, they put somebody back on the street who's wanted for two different murders in New York City. Uh, you cannot solve this problem. And both Harris and Biden have talked very proudly about what they call progressive district attorneys. Progressive district attorneys are anti-police, pro-criminal, and overwhelmingly elected with George Soros's money, and they're a major cause of the violence we're seeing because they keep putting the violent criminals back on the street. I'm not sure we need to bring George Soros last. into this. 
I was going to say you get the last word, speaker. He, he, he paid for it. I mean, why can't we discuss the fact that millions no, of he dollars he spent? I, I agree with Melissa. George Soros doesn't need to be a part of this conversation. Okay. So it's verboten. All right. We're going to. Okay, we're going to move on. Uh, historic day at the White House. We covered I mean, it from stem to stem. stem to stem. You know, you didn't cover it from stem to stem because everything the speaker was absolutely correctly Ugh. pointing out. First of all, that's one of the more awkward. I'll tell you why it's awkward. You know why it's awkward? Why Harris Faulkner looked awkward? Is because what's going on right here. Yeah. Somebody, that's why it looked awkward. Somebody was chirping in their ear saying, don't say anything or, or cut this off or something. You could tell. Because she normally, I've seen her work the last few years. She is usually like dead on. I mean, she she is the consummate professional. So I for mean, that to happen, something was going on behind the scenes. The former speaker could not have put that more precisely and more accurate. That George Soros has dumped hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars into these local elections to get these radical DAs elected. What is what is hard to understand about that? And then, uh, so uh, Melissa Francis is, is in who's usually, I mean, she's usually very supportive, number one, of the president and of just being on the right side of these discussions. And she's the one who jumps in and says, well, no, no, he doesn't need to be a part of it. Now, I would expect, I'm guessing, totally guessing, that she probably got this first. And tried to put an end to it. Right. And then, of course, the speaker comes back and says, what do you mean we can't talk about it? Yeah. Who doesn't? Am I, is this breaking news? Am I breaking news? They basically tell him to almost shut up there. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the, uh, the Democratic wacko uh, Marie Harf chirp in. Yeah, we don't have to talk about him. Marie like, Harf. She's, she's terrible. Is one of the hardest people to listen to on television. It's like, I don't know even what the analogy would be. Fingers on a chalkboard is not good enough. Um, would it be fork on a plate? You know, when it, it, she, uh, how, why she is on, I have no, I, I, she's better going back to MSNBC, talking to Chris Matthews about how, you know, we can't, we can't just kill ISIS. That's not going to do it. Remember this? Well, we got to get, we got to find them jobs. That's what Marie Harf is famous for. <laughs> Saying, no, 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 it's not good enough to, to, to kill them when talking about ISIS. Well, we got to, we got to get them jobs. That's if you remember when she was talking to Chris Matthews. Right. Yeah. Because, so go, because the job at Target's going to solve their problems. Much better fitted for MSLSD than she is to go on these shows. And it's just impossible to even listen to. I agree with Melissa. He doesn't need to be. Well, so here's what Robbie, a uh, hat tip here to Robbie Starbuck on Twitter. He went through, did all this work that I'm going to bring you now. Cut, uh, picture one, G. So let's just go through some of the things here that they, that they don't think George Soros has to be brought in. And you can, you can put some of these full screen so that people can see him, G. Two, back and forth. Here's uh, So picked one. In, a, in one smaller DA race alone, George Soros pumped in 800,000. And he's done this all over the country to elect extremists. This has been widely reported, he wrote. I've always had a lot of respect for Fox News, but why was the speaker shut down for pointing this out? Picture number two. In Philadelphia, George Soros spent an insane $1.7 million to elect Larry Krasner as the DA. 
He basically bought the entire race. He's done it all over the country. This is not the slightest bit controversial to point out on Gingrich's part. Pick three. 2015 is when George Soros began to inject insane amounts of money into DA races around the country that usually have campaign budgets in the low five figures. This story here, if you look, is from 2016 when the media first realized what Soros was doing. Again, why can't Newt Gingrich talk about this without getting absolutely shut down on Fox News? Picture four. Here's another DA race funded by Soros, one of the few that didn't work out, but it's worth looking at, at the fact that he's, his spend was, quote, the largest made in a race for the district attorney's office in San Diego. This isn't con- conspiracy theory. This is, has been, and will continue to happen. Picture five, the negative effect of Soros's funded DAs is indisputable. The extremists he backed have seen rising crime, rising murder, riots and one has made their city the most violent city in the u.s right now one da in san francisco he helped to elect used to be a translator for hugo chavez pick six here's another example soros gave two million to support kim fox's re-election bid in cook county why does her name sound familiar to you she's the one that let jesse smollett off after he perpetrated a hoax that cost the city millions and by the way kamala harris recently endured endorsed kim fox for re-election um and then he writes this which is so true because this is one of the things i've heard oh you can't talk about fox won't talk about soros because it's anti-semitic <laughs> i mean hello what does that even don't mean don't talk about the pope because he's catholic i mean this guy is the most anti-Semitic that there is. Yeah, but, but what? What, what does his religion have to do with buying uh, DA races around the country? That has nothing to do with it. So for them to even interject, inject religion into it kind of smells like they're being anti-Semitic. He says, Democrats love to accuse Republicans of anti-Semitism if we discuss George Soros's massive expenditures and influence. It's ironic because they're being anti-Semitic. Assuming criticism of a man spending who happens to be Jewish equals criticism of um, his religion. What a horrible assumption, he writes, and accurately. Pick uh, seven. Even in Texas, George Soros is spending big to knock out incumbent Democrat DAs because they aren't far enough left. One of his well-funded far-left candidates just won in Travis County, Texas. Picture eight. Right now, in Broward State Attorney race, Soros has poured more money in than anyone else. $750,000. And again, remember, most of these races, their budgets are like in the low five to mid five figures, 10,000 to 50,000. He's dumping 750,000 to back this candidate. Races like this have never had this kind of money spent on them all over the country. Next, Uh, bizarrely, now look at this headline. This is Fox. They've covered George Soros' influence on DA elections and how the DAs he's backed have taken positions that are extremely anti-police and have increased crime in their districts. So he says, I think Fox owes Newt Gingrich a damn apology. Uh, Next one. 
Don't forget about St. Louis. And of course, we, we, St. Louis has been in the news because of the, um, the couple there that had to defend their home. Kim Gardner, she was elected there. He dumped 116000 into getting her reelected. Uh, you may recognize her name because she's the prosecutor that went after the McCloskeys for defending their home, as I just told you. Next one. Uh, George Soros spent $1.4 million getting Armis Ayala elected as DA in Orlando, Florida. After being elected, Ayala suddenly refused to seek the death penalty, and Rick Scott had to take those cases away from Ayala down in Florida. Next, um, $1.2 million to unseat a Republican DA in Colorado. He lost that one, 147000 in Georgia, and the other Dem dropped out, clearing the way for the Soros candidate. $1.1 million in Harris County, Texas, $1.8 million in Arizona, 107000 in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and 190000 in St. Louis, Missouri. Next, here's an interesting one. George Soros put 406000 into a DA race for Caddo Parish in Louisiana. This isn't some huge city. The district represents 250,000 people. That kind of money in a DA race is totally insane. This was in 2015 when he started doing this. So that exchange on Fox News is all about what was going on in here. And I believe Melissa Francis was caught off guard because she was the first one to get it, if I had to guess. All right, we'll finish up this story when we get back. We'll get ready for the president at 9 o'clock. He went and he became president. I didn't go and I'm still vice president. And uh, and in addition to that, uh, in addition to that, we have to uh, make sure that we we are in a position that we are. Think about it. Everybody has known from day one how smart, how bright Hillary is. Everybody knows how tough she is. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, so be successful. I sincerely hope some of you become millionaires and billionaires. I mean that. But engage. Um, you know, there's a, uh, during World War II, uh, you know, where Roosevelt came up with a thing uh, that, uh, you know, was totally different than a, then the, the it's called, he called it the, you know. Hi from Studio 6B on a Thursday night on Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Wait for the president to land in Wisconsin. Of course, if you want to watch the rally, America, Real America's Voice will be covering it, as will we for the first hour. We'll take the president when he starts. So let's just put a wrap on this whole uh, Newt Gingrich incident. I gave you, I think, most. There's a couple others here, G. Let's go uh, cu- uh, picture 15. This last DA race, Soros changed the election. Uh, despite Bexar County having a Democratic DA already, Soros threw nearly a million dollars into the race to support a far-left candidate. Soros's money won the race. The incumbent Democrat said he found Soros' unknown agenda alarming. And then the last one, 16, 
He who must not be named, according to Fox in 2016, contributed at least $3.8 million. Is that the last one? There you go. Uh, $3.8 million to political action committees supporting candidates for district attorney in uh, Arizona, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Missouri, New Mexico, Texas, and Wisconsin. $3.8 million. So, um, all right, so we're off the network now. They're covering the rally, and we're on just on social media, and that's, that's fine. Um, well, what, what's interesting about all these races that he's injecting money into, I mean, large sums of money into, is that they're on the local level. And how do you affect things on the local level? Well, let's see. It, it, it's all with lawyers. So you get into the law, you think, well, he'd want to protect, you know, the bad guys and get them out on the street, but that's a little too tough. Why not make sure they don't get charged at all? There you go. He's destroying the attempt as, as always has been. If you want to destroy this country as you do it from within. And this is a, a route that they have chosen being led by George Soros. Yes. I said his name out loud. Yeah. You, we can actually do that here. There's no one in our ear uh, telling us not. So let's just finish this up. Couple of the clips. So, um, here is her response today. Obviously, there was huge talk about this incident. So let's go to um, 43G. Here's her response today in what she said. Roll that. So we had a little incident on the show yesterday that was not smooth. And while I was leading that segment, we had interruptions, and I sat silently while all of that played out. Also, not ideal. Our guest, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich, who is beloved and needed to be allowed to speak with the openness and respect that the show is all about, was interrupted. Do we debate with fire here? Yes. But we must also give each other the space to express ourselves. As the only original member of the six-year-old amazing daytime ride known as Outnumbered, I especially want to rock and roll with every voice and perspective at the table. We don't censor on this show, and that's why we're winning weekdays at noon. Okay, that's kind of weak. Uh, yeah, because, yeah. well, go ahead. You can tell me what you think first. Um, she started out strong right in the middle there. She, after she says we don't censor, then she went to this we like to rock and roll, kind of just completely changing the trajectory of what she was talking about and not addressing what was brought up. Oh, we, we had a hiccup. It was weird. But she didn't say his name. Say his name, Harris. George well, yeah, I mean, Soros. When, when you say we don't censor, I mean, what, what would you call what they did to him yesterday? They shut him down. Oh, yeah, that's censoring. Well, it seemed to me that, um, I mean, I don't know. What, what would you call that then if it's not censoring? I mean, I just cutting off. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I've seen censoring, and that's pretty much what it looks like to me. Yeah, especially when you have one of the uh, the co-lead, uh, Melissa Francis, kicking up that, uh, oh, oh, let's not talk about this. And here's what's funny. Um, cut 44, G. Uh, George Soros going on Fox Air is not something that's, that's new. Roll that. And Look I think that. that the Democratic Party needs to answer questions about this guy who they're so embedded with. Sure. Uh, we know that Hillary Clinton has supported the Black Lives Matter movement. We also know, according to these leaked documents, apparently he supports uh, some of these efforts that started with Ferguson, right, for social justice. Explain that. 
Right. The, his Open Society Foundation has given over a half a million dollars to Black Lives Matter because they want to be able to support Black Lives Matter as it grows. They're worried, you know, that they won't know how to grow properly and they want them to help them dismantle structural inequality. That was in one of the memos that was released in the data dump. Okay. So this is not, um, I mean, what, what, what's happened? Yeah. I guess it depends on, uh, you know, certain factors. Maybe the person who said it, maybe, maybe they don't like Newt, you know, chiming in like that. I mean, who knows why, why all of a sudden now it's a taboo thing. Maybe because it's generating too much interest. Funny that Kate and Collins, by the way, maybe she should think about going back to uh, Fox because uh, she made some obviously sounded like she knew what she was talking about there. And now we see her. She's in the briefing room screaming at uh, screaming at uh, Kaylee McEnany about masks. What 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 a difference a change in networks makes. She's now over at CNN. Yeah. And and you know, what's another interesting thing. And and I forget who I heard this from. I think I heard it today poking around on the radio. I don't know who I was listening to, but. They talked about how when it comes to this Soros thing, um, it's part of the grand plan. I mean, uh, in terms of the election, saying that they believe that this is and this is intelligence that they're hearing through their their sources, that this is that there's planned, um, you know, riots for Election Day, day after Election Day, weeks after Election Day. So maybe this is part of that plan. Hey, we've got the DAs in place that won't prosecute. So go ahead and have at it. Well, we're going to spend some time talking about some of the complications that could come up on Election Day. And since it is Constitution Day, we won't do it tonight because the president is going to be on. But um, some of the answers, well, they, they lie right there in our Constitution. So we can look to it to get some answers about what possibly could happen if we don't have an answer on November 3rd and some of the process that happens from November 3rd to January 6th and what happens in there and who we can look to um, if we don't have an answer and what might happen. So we'll take some time one of these days because it's worth it because there's a lot of questions around. People say, well, what happens? Well, Jesus, Nancy Pelosi going to be the president. Well, what's, so we'll spend some time and go through some of that and we'll look at... Um, our, our constitution since it is happy constitution day today but before we get to the break and get to the top of the hour and the president i would think pretty close i have a um i have a crazy town let's get oh. to that because joe biden i believe <laughs> is doing a town hall tonight and i don't know what network it's on if it's on cnn or it doesn't matter it's going to be a if you're thinking oh okay we're going to get some tough questions from the audience all of the questions will be planted and set up before so don't expect joe to have to get any tough questions but you might get a moment like this roll it g remember anderson back 15 20 years ago we talked about this and in, in in san francisco is all about well you know gay 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 bathhouses and every it's all about round the clock sex it's all come on man <laughs> Okay. Thanks, Joe. All right. Next question. Let's go to the girl up in the. Uh, <laughs> they they, uh, they, yeah. they probably underneath his. Uh, All right, Air Force One's coming in. Let's see. Let's it? cut to it, G. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. We got something coming in. Something's flying it. Something's moving over there. 
It's unidentified. Yeah. <laughs> unidentified moving object <laughs> on Wisconsin. So, well, we think maybe Air Force One landed. We're not sure. It's <laughs> not sure. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not sure. We, we thought maybe, maybe it's there. It's pretty, got dark there pretty early there. What's yeah. it? Seven and it's an hour behind us, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's usually dark. dark yeah. Okay. Well, the president's going to, I got a feeling we're going to see. We're going to see a very, um, well, as we always do, fired up. But I'll tell you, the speech the president gave today in this executive order that he signed establishing a 1776 commission to combat the 1619 project, the New York Times, uh, hate-filled, trying to rewrite history. Well, it's something pretty special. And this speech today he gave was fantastic. I wish I had time to play it, but we're going to hopefully hear from him live tonight. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice, on a Thursday night. We're back, top of the hour, maybe with uh, Live with the President. 